Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we upgrade ourselves to 4K, 720p in handheld mode, and our skin looks radiant. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including more persistent rumors about a Switch Pro. And then on Thursday, we are going to be coming up with games that deserve the Pokemon Snap treatment. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you know how I've been talking about my husband and I have been watching a lot of The Amazing Race? Oh, yeah. Well, we took a... One season break from The Amazing Race to pivot to a show on like Amazon called The Pack, which is The Amazing Race with dogs. It's a person no. and a dog. What? Yeah, and it's hosted by Lindsay Vaughn. And in the beginning, I was very skeptical. We ended up enjoying right. it, but I was very skeptical because, like, um, on The Amazing Race. They're not Ra like sled dogs, right? They're not no, like work they're animals. Just like, okay. right, right. They're just like normal, like, every people's dogs. And. Yeah. Uh, on the Amazing Race, like part of like you can make people do anything because people have like agency to quit if they want to. So they treat right, those people right. like garbage, essentially, right? They're like sleeping on the streets in front of bus stops, like they're just doing what right. They have you to don't do. want to see a dog do that, right? You cannot do that with dogs. And so, like, uh, they every episode they go out of they are very like clear, like we're like checking the dog's heart rates, like we want to make sure these dogs are like happy and fine, but. The thing and the thing about it is like the challenges then cannot be dog dependent. They have to be dog adjacent because like sure because you, you can't be like you and your dog have to cross this like wobbly bridge because if the dog doesn't want to go across, you have to like have an alternative that they can pivot to. But that also so like sometimes the like the things they're doing are not so the do the the dogs aren't contestants really. They're just like. They're they, set dressing. They like they do have to contribute in ways, and sometimes that way is just like, <laughs> wow, it's really annoying to try to do this task when like a dog is here. Um, right. But like other times, they're like, we like we are going to zip line with our dogs, and like watching people zip line is not that interesting. Watching people with dogs zip line, like even Sounds less great. interesting. No, because oh. you're like, because the because the, do the dogs are like, like the dogs show no emotion. Like what is a dog thinking and the people the whole time are like, my dog is loving this. Like, I never thought I'd be able to ex like explore Paris with my dog. And it's like, but what is your dog thinking of all of this? Like, I feel like they're not necessarily soaking up the sights. I mean, what are what are dogs thinking of anything, right? <laughs> I mean, like, the dog is just enjoying that much attention and like time together. Yeah, right? that's probably true. That's probably very true. But anyways, we ended uh, up liking it for all these like. Oh complaints. well, good. <laughs> uh, speaking of, anyways, we ended up liking it. My copy of Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow it? You can. It's uh, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. All you gotta do is uh, write to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com uh, and give us a mailing address so I can send you my copy. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. You might run into uh, my my copy of Untitled Goose Game. It's in there. It's a spoiler. It'll mess up your plans unless your plans all along were to borrow my copy of Untitled Goose Game. Either way, you gotta send it back. You can't. The goose doesn't mess up the program that much. 
right? But other than right. that, there are no rules. The other thing we're doing is we're giving away a copy of Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore Edition for the Nintendo Switch. It is a code for the US eShop. If you're interested in playing, you want to play, uh, and you and I can talk about this game because I have played it and I loved it, and um, I would love somebody to experience it as well. Uh, if you're interested in winning that code, all you got to do is write into us. Just send an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And in the subject line of the email, put sharp FE, that is the sharp sign, and then FE. In the body of your email, tell us who your Mirage would be. A Mirage, again, is kind of like your avatar in battle or somebody who imbues you with power. And do that by March 15th, which is not that which long is coming from now. Up. It's, it's next week, man. Like, it's, it's, this, is one, this is one of those deadlines that has just, like, come up on us. And we are going to be taking all of the entries, and we will randomly be selecting a winner. Um, so get that in by March 15th if you are interested in playing this game, which you should be because it is wild but also really fun uh yes and well the quality of your writing about who your mirage is will have no bearing on your ability to get this copy or get this code for tokyo mirage sessions sharp fe encore um i enjoy reading them so uh, uh you know don't don't skimp on that it's something that i enjoy like i'm i'm allowed to enjoy something right yeah i think maybe we'll like um i uh, share some of the entries and talk about yeah. who our own mirages would be on uh, the episode where we pick that. Uh, which, again, I think will probably just be next, next week. Um, uh, Mark, speaking of uh, weeks and shows from different weeks, that was a bad transition. I apologize. Uh, we, got, <laughs> we got an email from Carter. Um, Carter wrote uh, about our Thursday episode, which, again, uh, Thursday's uh, episode was our Mario Vision episode where we pitched TV shows from various decades based on Nintendo properties. Um, uh, Carter writes, Dear Patrick and Mark, first off, I loved your episode this Thursday, but your Wario and Waluigi show idea reminded me of a weird YouTube series from 2008 called Stupid Mario Bros by a guy named Rich Alvarez. Mark, I'm pausing there to ask you, are you familiar with Stupid Mario Bros? No, I'm not. Okay, so uh, C Carter goes on to explain. He says, the early part of the show features the Mario Bros sitting on their couch. Uh, in the real world, cracking jokes and playing brawl, they are <coughs> they are eventually found by Wario, who attempts to drag them back to the Mushroom Kingdom by the most petty means possible. The show shifts back and forth between an ongoing, incredibly cheesy plot uh, featuring acceptably choreographed li lightsaber fights and a, a <laughs> remarkably well written and is a well remarkably well written comedy. Um, remarkable for amateur YouTube series in 2008, anyway. Uh, while it starts out kind of slow and awkward, it does get better, and the uh, and the characters get uh, more and more out there. Um, it even has the Mario Brothers starting a band with the Wario Brothers, uh, which breaks up uh, over their opinions on the Golden Compass. So that's good. Um, <laughs> wow, this is a real snapshot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is a a YouTube series that could only exist in 2008. <laughs> um, Carter says, despite that, uh, I still want to see that uh, Beavis and Butthead type show uh, because uh, the, the footage of Charles Martinet in the recording studio would be priceless. Thanks, gents. Carter. Um, Carter, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I was also not familiar with Stupid Mario Bros. Um, it is like just, you know, two guys uh, dressed in Mario and Luigi oh, costumes. Oh, I was wondering. I was wondering. Yeah. Um, 
that this would need to be the real uh, Wario and Waluigi for the Beavis and Butthead style show. Not animated, not dudes in costumes, the real Wario and the real Waluigi. Also, Carter, uh, you meant like there was a glancing mention of lightsaber battles. Like this is something that I should just regularly uh, anticipate to happen in my Mario themed TV shows. I have to admit, I was shocked. I was not seeing that coming. I mean, I think this is one of those like fast and loose with the, I mean, you know, the the, the Mario Brothers aren't reading the Golden Golden <laughs> Compass series either, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I, that's you know, that's a really yeah. fair point. That's is is completely good, this fair. Is good silliness. Yeah. Um. All right, Mark. Let's get into what we've been playing. Uh, so I, I've I've been playing a lot of the uh, the the same games as 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 always. I'm just gonna quick run them down. Um, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, I continue to love the the Mario items. Going in every day, buying a bunch of Mario stuff. Now my villager is dressed like Luigi, and it's wonderful. You got those pipes. You got those pipes. Oh yeah. Whoa, we got those pipes. And yeah, we... villagers mm-hmm. able to take the pipes. Not able to take the pipes. Unclear at this time. <laughs> Look, because the old saying goes, you can uh, lead a villager to a pipe, yeah. but you cannot make them go in. It. Absolutely. Um, but it, it's great. I, I moved my house from like a, a nice, like, you know, open patch of uh, grass uh, into like the city area so that we can just set up like a, a Mario Park, um, which is good because we're, we will find out later that the Orlando uh, Mario Park was uh, delayed for another couple of years. Um, but so I'm setting up my own park with, uh, you know, thwomps and question blocks, and it's, it, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm enjoying the heck out of those. But seriously, you got to get in every day and, like, place orders for Mario stuff if you want to have enough to, like, do anything. And your house was in the way of, like, the perfect location for Mario Park, so that's why you moved it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and also, like, you know, I've been playing the game for, like, a year now. I wanted to, I wanted to shake it up yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Sarah also has a weird aversion to, like, changing anything on the island, which I don't understand. <laughs> like, my, my whole thing was, like, I'm going to sculpt this island exactly how I want it. Um, and then, like, she'll be complaining about a, a river or something, and I, I'm just like, well, you can move it. And she's like, no! <laughs> so it, it, it falls to me. Um, I uh, also uh, jumped into Tetris 99 this weekend. Mark, have, did you jump into Tetris 99 and yeah. get the Bowser's Fury theme? I did, and I'm curious. I have not played Bowser's Fury yet. Um, is the music from the theme featured in Bowser's Fury? Because it's like some really rocking arrangements of yeah, uh, I Mario guess... music. <laughs> one, one thing I didn't really uh, talk about when we were talking about Bowser's Fury on the show um, is that when Bowser is around, like the, the music is like super like rock, and there's like kind of screamy, growly voices like... And it's it's super cool to hear them in uh in, in Tetris ninety nine. Um, I was very proud of myself. I did the uh play one match, win it, get the theme, Ooh, nice. and then turn it off. Uh, it, uh, that always feels like a a nice little flex. Um, uh, so I I I played that this weekend. Um, and then since uh Sarah has been going through uh, Super Mario three D World, um, and I've been sort of you know playing playing along with her. Um, I got a little bit jealous of her like solo Super Mario 3D World time and started my own solo game. So I've been playing that a lot as well. Um, and I will maybe hold any like more conversation about Super Mario 3D World until uh, you are, are, are playing it, Mark. Um, but yeah, I just I, I, I absolutely uh, love that game. 
Uh, and then I went back into Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, uh, but maybe we'll talk more about that when we get down to the uh, most recent news uh, about the game. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I finished Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Sessions. Oh, man. I Okay, Tokyo this, Mirage Sessions. Yep. I feel like we're going to say it precious few times more on this show, so I got to get it right. Uh, yeah, let's bring up the percentage of uh, right <laughs> pronunciations to wrong pronunciations. Yeah. Um, and... I I really loved it. So I did all of the character side stories. Um and like that was like really fun. Um the story itself like at the end is more like directly involved with Fire Emblem. Um mm, but but not like like obviously we've talked about before. I am not like huge into Fire Emblem lore. But even I, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, like, I get the connection. It's very apparent. Um, but yeah, the game is just fun. It's, uh, it's kind of like a slow burn in the beginning. So I feel like with, like, a lot of RPGs, the first, like, this is where I am with Dragon Quest XI-S Echoes of Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch, which I still need to get into. And I actually think that playing this game made me more excited to get into it. Because when I played, um, I just played, like, the first hour of Dragon uh, quest and it's like that's nothing right but you kind oh, of oh yeah that, that i mean that that first hour you're just like going to the top of a mountain with like your childhood friend yeah exactly like, yeah it's a really it's really slow paced really pointless and yeah. with like any rpg the first hour mm-hmm. is like wh- like how can you even draw any conclusions and so like and i you know that intellectually but this game really reminded me of it because the first few hours of tokyo mirage sessions i'm like the dialogue is bad. Like it's kind of cheap. Like, yeah. you know, I, like why is this fun? And then by the end, you feel like it's super cool. Uh, the characters are really fun, and you're like, ah, oh, right. That's why RPGs are awesome. And so it made me more excited to get back into Dragon Quest at some point because it's like, yeah, I played it for like an yes. hour, and like, how is that even like? Uh, how can I? M- yeah. So I know that if I put in the time to Dragon Quest, I will end up. I'm confident I will end up loving it. But I really liked Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I yeah yeah, you did. <laughs> I, and I I would really like I really recommend it. Like, give it a few hours. But I thought it was super fun. Uh, now, Mark, I know you are giving away uh, a digital code, but you also then have this physical copy. Let me ask you this: Can I borrow that? No. Here's copy? the thing. I it the one I played is also digital. I have two digital <laughs> copies. All right, never mind that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I would love for you to experience somehow. I, but yeah, I think you would like it. I, I really do is think it, you would like is it. Is it too late for me to enter our own contest? <laughs> I, mean, uh, I think, like, I know that this is an un, like not like an official licensed sweepstakes, uh-huh. but I feel like yeah. it is a line that even we cannot cross. Okay, well, I'm going to send us an email and we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> And uh, so I also played, started playing Genos- Genosia, which um, I picked up last week. I'm maybe like 20 loops or 25 loops in, like somewhere in there. Oh, wow. And each, each loop, it varies a little bit, but I would say they're about maybe like 15 minutes, but it's like very addicting. It's, and you're 20 of them in? I th- think so i mean that sounds, that sounds like you've played a lot mark <laughs> the the early ones are like really short because they're like okay. tutorials um I, I i do think i've played maybe about two hours uh okay. in total but um 
it's really i'm really enjoying it it's 25 bucks on the eShop, and it's basically like a um one player version of like mafia or werewolf or one of those games where i where you're trying to figure out like who who's telling the truth who's lying and then at the end of every round um like somebody dies and then so it's like okay the the people who are uh genosian like they are killing people every round and you're trying to figure out like who's telling the truth who's genosian who is human who's maybe like a follower of genosians but is not genosian so they're just trying to like Mm. mix things up um the characters are really interesting the like it's it's fun the mystery like the grander mystery that i'm just barely getting into that that is unfolding is interesting the art is cool the music is cool the one thing i'm not entirely clear on and is that i i can't tell because i i think all of the every like round that you do or every like loop is randomly generated and so what i can't tell is if um like it is actually possible to logic out things necessarily in like that's happening in a loop yeah like sure because uh you know the ai or like the other characters they are accusing each other they're backing each other up they're accusing you right like all of that is going on and i don't know if there's like a true internal logic to each round where it's like well if i go back and look through the chat log like am i actually able to like puzzle it out because oh this person uh didn't like right. accuse this person and then these two people denied it and like all that kind of stuff like i don't entirely know i kind of think it's not necessarily possible but the but also the way that you unlock like new information i think you have to lose so like losing isn't necessarily bad because even if you win you're just going to start all over again you're just going to do another loop so I think right. in order to see the whole story, you have to, like, there are times you're going to have to lose, or you are going to be Genosian, or, like, all that kind of stuff. It's really fun. I, I've liked it a lot. Uh, that's great. Uh, and uh, that, that was one that just came out last week. Um, so that's, it, it's cool to, like, find a new or, you know, new to you, at any rate, um, game and, like, dig in and actually uh, get rewarded for, for that. Yeah, it's it's... It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, All right. So those are the games that we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, Tuesday, March 9th, Apex Legends is released on the Switch eShop. Now, this is interesting, right? Uh, This is one that was uh, announced a a while back without like a, a release date coming to Switch. Um, and we, what was it just as, as, uh, as of the most recent Nintendo direct that we got, um, this date, or I, I feel like it, it was, it was pretty recent. Yeah. I think it was right around there. Um, I think it's free to play, right? Apex yeah, Legends is right. free to play. It's like mm-hmm. a, um, battle Royale. Uh, it, uh, no, it is, it is, it is more like a, a, a hero shooter. Oh, okay. Like okay. O- Overwatch style. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I just looked it up and it is 25 gigs to download so Ooh. <laughs> I, I don't know that i will download it just to check it out um but i i believe it has like cross saves and so if you've been playing on other platforms yeah. and all that kind of stuff your progress carries over here um 
So yeah, cross I, save I, and 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 cross play, and the game has a good reputation on other platforms. Um, so I like I am kind of interested in checking it out. Um, but it's also one of those things where I'm like, well, why why would I do that on Switch? Why wouldn't I do it on like a a, a different platform? Um, but the fact that it is available there, if I can clear some space off my Switch, I'll probably download it, uh, play a couple rounds, and then get rid of it. <laughs> And then on Friday, March 12th, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, is released for Switch as well. So this is another one of those Activision ports where it had come out mm-hmm. on other platforms previously and is now making its way to Switch. Um, Mark, where do you stand on Crash Bandicoot? Is that something you're interested in or not at all? Yeah, I'm pretty, like, I don't really feel anything about Crash Bandicoot. I, I think I had one of the later games that came to Nintendo 64, so I think... It possibly was one that like after Naughty Dog moved on had like moved on from it. But there was a Nintendo sixty four Crash Bandicoot game. Yeah, yeah. And so Wow. Yeah. And so I know we had that one or rented it or whatever. And I it just I just never got into it. I just never got into the series. And so I I don't really feel anything about Crash Bandicoot. How about you? Uh I mean I also don't really feel anything about it. I the the most I have ever played Crash Bandicoot is the little bit that they make you play in Uncharted 4. <laughs> There's a little bit where uh, Nate and uh, um, Elena play. Wait, is that her name? His wife. What is? I think her name is Elena. I think that's right. <laughs> I'm going to say that's right. <laughs> um, they, they play uh, Crash Bandicoot against each other. And um, that is the most I, that I've, I've played uh, a- any of these games. Um, I don't know. I I don't I don't find him aesthetically pleasing. Like I find him like uh he looks like Crash. I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like a if Banjo from Banjo Kazooie uh was like a Ninja Turtle, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. He definitely he looks like Banjo who's been like um poochied up, like he's been yeah, rostified. Yes. Oh my gosh, he's so poochy. Um, and then I also wanted to just draw attention to the fact that um. Since we are coming up on Mario Day, March 10th, um, Nintendo is putting some Mario games uh, on sale for 35% off on the eShop um, through the end of the week, so through March 13th. Um, so that's one of those act fast kind of sales. Um, Luigi's Mansion 3, Mario Tennis Aces, Super Mario Maker 2, and Super Mario Party are all $38.99, um, which is a, a, a good price for all those games. I think Probably Luigi's Mansion is the best deal among them. Um, how, how do you feel about that, Mark? Is yeah, Luigi's another one is Luigi's Mansion three, and then also like Super Mario Maker two. Again, I really liked the single player story mode type yeah. thing. Um, I thought that was a lot of fun. So, and for forty bucks, I think that's a great deal, especially if you are more interested in that part than like the builder tools. Right. Um, and then also again, just as always, whenever there is a uh, kind of sale or promotion for Super Mario Party. Just a word of warning that uh, if you are not, uh, if you do not have people in your house to play the game with, um, it is not an effective online, um, uh, you know, uh, internet enabled multiplayer game, uh, and it is bad to play by yourself. Um, so, and also, uh, I don't even know how you would play it on the Switch Lite unless you had other Joy Cons in addition to. Yeah, like I think the that, system itself. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you'd have to. So as always, buyer beware on Super Mario Party. Can be super fun if you have four four people and four Joy Cons. Uh, you can't use uh, Pro controllers with it, so just you know, 
if you're if you're interested in Super Mario Party, make sure you know um, what you're getting. Uh, all right, Mark, let's close out the new releases. That brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, we have a, uh, a suggestion from our 433 episode, um, suggested by Patrick. Patrick writes, um, I would like to hear you talk about your favorite horror media, books, comics, movies, etc. Mark, how how, uh, how are you with uh, with horror media? Are you a, are you a big horror guy? I'm not really a big horror guy. I like um like suspenseful things, but mm-hmm. I there I don't like to be startled, and I don't like gore. Sure, gore is tough. Um, are there? Because I I feel like I'm I'm in a similar boat. There are some horror movies that I do like, um, but I find that for me. Horror needs to be cut with another genre for mm. me to like get, really get into it. Like sci-fi horror, I'm into it. Uh, comedy horror, I love the Scream movies. All four of them. I think all four Scream movies are great. Um, especially the the first and the fourth are great. Oh, movies. really? The fourth one? The fourth is. I mean, they're all super self-aware and whatever. But like, the fourth came around at a time when. Uh, like it sort of predicts the uh like force awakening force mm, awakens mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. like franchises like coming back um and you know some of that was already happening with like uh crystal skull and you know other, other stuff like that but yeah i mean it's a, it's a super smart look at like franchise movie making um that also is like funny and has like some grotesque kills in it yeah i so i really like like growing up i watched a lot of like alfred hitchcock movies and yeah. ra- like rarely does do those like even like cross with like horror, but I really like suspenseful films. One of a horror movie that I really like that sticks in my mind that I didn't see until I was maybe like twenty five or something is the original Halloween. Um, yeah, and it's it was good. It, it's really good, and it was really interesting watching it because you know, like you see, it was like, oh, this is the genesis of all of these like horror tropes. Yeah, and it still like holds up. I mean, talking about John Carpenter, like The Thing is another like oh, the horror thing movie is, that I like. Yeah. really mm-hmm. like. I guess when when I think of horror that I'm like, no, like absolutely not, is like the torture porn of like the uh, early 2000s. Yeah. like your saws, your hostels. Yeah, yeah. Like Eli Roth is not a director that I am interested in, like uh, watching his filmography. Okay, but have you ever seen Cabin Fever? Because Cabin Fever. No, I've never seen Cabin Fever. <laughs> oh man, Cabin Fever. Are you familiar with the premise? Uh, no, I'm not. So it, it's uh, that people are like camping, uh, and there's a, a flesh eating virus, and like that's basically it. Is like they they find themselves oh, subjected okay. to a, a flesh eating virus, um, and that is uh, among the like lower production value uh, Eli Roth movies. That is uh, like very funny in addition to being like an effective gross out horror and it's oh, less interesting like there's no malicious force behind it right like it's just there's a flesh-eating like bacteria that's like that people right. are succumbing to that um so yeah it feels less like mean and less like sadistic even though like the characters are still being tortured basically just you know with no face behind it 
Um, I gotta say, I also have a soft spot for zombie stuff. Um, but I feel like most of that for me is like video game related, right? Like, um, I, I I like the Resident Evil games, obviously. So do you. Um, Dead Rising is one of my favorite games uh, on the original Xbox. Um, so yeah, I think like zo- zombie stuff also has a, a a very like important place for me. What about books? Have you ever read like? Were you ever like into Stephen King or anything like that? No. What about you? Are you a Stephen King guy? No, I I had a friend in high school who was really into it, and so I read like a few of them, like The Shining and stuff. I always feel like for me, Stephen King has great like the ideas that he has are so interesting, but mm-hmm. I have never liked enjoyed his prose or like the execution. But I guess we'll never know. We will never know. I read uh, most of The Stand at one point while I was living in Hawaii. I was reading The Stand on a beach. <laughs> Um, all right, we were accompanied today by the GVSU New Music Ensemble uh, as, uh, with, with guest violinist Todd Reynolds. Mark, let's get into the news. Okay, stop me if you've heard this one before. But there are rumors of a new, of a Switch Pro revision, or in quotes, Switch Pro, a new, like, upgraded Switch coming sometime soon yeah mark i'll stop you because i've heard this one before uh and before <laughs> we go any further i just want it out there on the record again patrick is telling you nintendo's never going to sell you a system called the switch pro they're never gonna right. do it <laughs> okay so where is this coming from? Well, Bloomberg is reporting that Nintendo is planning to release Switch models with a bigger, um, i.e. 7-inch uh, 720p touchscreen. But it is going to be provided by Samsung, and it is going to be an OLED display instead of the LCD display that the current Switch model has. Yes. Bloomberg's sources say that the screens are scheduled to be shipped to the assemblers around July. And so the speculation based on that is that, like, the system would launch later this year, maybe in, like, the September time frame. Yeah. And uh, part of the uh, sort of, like, backing, uh, like, support for this um, is that uh, the price of these screens um, is falling because Samsung has too many or made too many without, like, having uh, buyers for them already set. Um, which I, 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 is this, is this how technology works? It's almost like, oh, we just got too many screens. Who's going to buy all our screens? Uh, Nintendo's like, yeah, we could, we could do it guys. Can we use these screens? And they're like, yeah, we could use these screens. I, I actually, I, I feel like I have vague recollections of that being spe- like part of the reason why Nintendo went with the silicon that it has in the switch is because, um, NVIDIA or AMD, a- NVIDIA, it's NVIDIA, right? that makes yeah, the right. the chip like that they did have a surplus of them i feel like nintendo is just like bargain hunters right they're going to estate yeah. sales they're like how many lcd screens can i get for super cheap yeah man they're making money on the buy like i get it <laughs> <laughs> um so at seven inches the switch itself wouldn't have to be any bigger uh they would just basically take the bezel and or they would remove the bezel and so like you could have a seven inch screen on the same basic size as the current model. Which means no, uh, that, you know, 
current Joy Cons would at least theoretically uh, fit on the on the side of the screen. Like there would be no reason to make everyone throw out their existing Joy-Con, except for the fact that most of them are experiencing Joy-Con drift anyway. Um, so <laughs> it might be time for a Joy-Con revision as it is. And the Joy-Con and the dock, presumably, like, uh, yeah. presumably mm-hmm. could use the dock as well. So, so that's the part where, like, Bloomberg reporting is saying this is true. Uh, and then there's analyst speculation um, from Bloomberg Intelligence, which... Uh, I don't this is know a, a, what a that great, means. <laughs> it's a great little like breakout in the Bloomberg article where there's just it's just like set aside text like pulled out of the article and it says right above it Bloomberg intelligence. <laughs> so uh, th- this is analyst speculation essentially, and it says quote the release of a more premium version of Nintendo Switches of Nintendo Switch console with an OLED display and support for 4K graphics for the holiday 2021 selling season could drive the company's sales above consensus for the fiscal year ending March 2022 and extend the life cycle of the Switch platform for many more years. So the 4K graphics is like the other big part of this. Uh, The speculation slash, I guess, reporting is that it would upscale to 4K. It wouldn't necessarily be native 4K, but that uh, it would be something that this newer Switch would be able to output. Um, I haven't... Yeah, I, I haven't seen any like super compelling evidence for the uh the the four sca- uh, four, 4K um upscaling um other than there was a report um a couple months ago so- sometime last year that Nintendo was like reaching out to their um uh development teams and uh saying to like have their games ready to be uh, up upscaled to to 4K. So like it's but he, like even even that reporting is like in rumorsville, right? Like uh, no, there have been no like official statements on that, really. Well, yeah, yeah, but I think like presumably the new dev kits for this uh, more mm-hmm. powerful switch are have been released, so like some of them are out in the wild, and then also um, apparently it is something that is just like kind of inherited in Nvidia's updated like x1 tegra chips or i i i'm sure i'm getting that wrong but whatever it is that the switch is running on um apparently like it nvidia's next level chip just like next evolution of that chip just like supports it out of the box so um i i think it all makes sense i mean i feel like we've been hearing these rumors since essentially 2019 yeah yeah totally i mean and you know where we we are starting to get to the point where like what comes next be it a switch revision or like just like literally what comes next um is something that we should start to see right like um a Nintendo console life cycle uh, the, the the switch has been around for 4 years now right um and a Nintendo console's life cycle is about 5 to 6 years right so um by this point in by this point in the the Wii U's life cycle, we knew that the Switch was coming, or maybe uh, just a couple months uh, from now. Um, and you know, obviously, the Wii U is a, a particularly short-lived uh, system. But like, you know, there, there's only uh, the there's only a couple of years between the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64, and the Nintendo 64 to the GameCube. Um, so like, it is time uh, that we start like actually finding out about something even if it's just like a half step yeah i mean that's so wild when you think about it because the switch the switch very and you know nintendo has been saying it almost from the very beginning 
that they intend for the Switch lifecycle to be longer than, you know, like the normal system. And I think uh, through their own planning and then also just kind of by happenstance with the explosion in gaming that ha- that's happened around the pandemic, like, I feel like it is crazy to think that the Switch is now in the part of its life cycle where the Wii was when it really began to, like, run out of gas, where you were, like, yeah. checking your watch being, like, is the Wii going to get anything? Like, Operation Rainfall started becoming a thing, right? Where it was just, like, yeah, it, where the Switch feels like it is, I don't even know if it's at its peak, right? It feels like uh, everything is still going for the Switch. Where this, uh, I think you t- you mentioned it one of the previous times where we've talked about uh, Switch revision, where it's like Nintendo is having a difficult time maintaining stock of the current version yeah. of like that isn't a Nintendo Lite, just like the current like normal version. So to introduce this like premium one almost feels crazy because it's like they they can barely keep up with demand for the current version. Yeah, well, I mean, which yeah, which is 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 one point, but also like there are enough of them in the wild that if they start to if they release like a more premium version, um, then there are going to be a ton of secondhand switches on the market after that, right? Like, yeah, um, so many like I I will absolutely trade in my switch uh to get like the the new version of it, right? Um, and then those will go into like there there will be so many switches in in the wild. Um, if there's uh, an, an upgrade of any kind. But one thing that I, I do think is um, important to think about, I've seen a lot of speculation um, about, you know, the uh, the new Switch or the Switch Pro, which it will not be called, <laughs> um, being tied to the release of, uh, like, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 or to, like, the Pokemon Legends uh, game. Uh, and, like, th- those may be coincidences they may happen at the same time but there's no way that they'll be exclusive to the new version of of the switch there are just too many switches in the wild right now especially for pokemon right like pokemon never leads on hardware pokemon always follows reluctantly a year into it you know um but like even even zelda like you will be able to play breath of the wild 2 on on your current model switch like i guarantee that yeah when they revealed the new 3ds yeah i feel like it did have xenoblade chronicles as like an exclusive game but we didn't really see many more exclusives after that i i feel like if they intend to it'll be interesting to see what they intend to do like do they intend to create like a new switch where it just kind of like replaces the existing switch model or is it a premium one and you have like three different tiers of switch because i i my read on the situation right now is like i don't think you need a compelling reason to get people to upgrade necessarily like i think yeah. enough people will do it for the bigger screen for like the 4k graphics for the people who care about that and then for yeah. everybody else if you maintain the current price then it's just like, well, we want to switch anyways, and this is like the available switch. Like Apple does with like iPads, basically. It's like you want yeah. an iPad Air, it's like, well, this is like the newest one, and it's essentially the same price as the old one. Totally, and so you yeah. just you just go in and you're like, I just want the newest one. Um Yeah. So I, mean, I, it, I agree it, with you. I don't think there's gonna be exclusives. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it it would make sense to me if they did, um, if I that, that this wouldn't be like a premium model switch. Like that's not a premium model isn't doesn't feel like a very Nintendo move to me. Um, but just like slowly phasing out, um, what the you know phasing out the original flavor switch, which they've already done, right? Like we we're already on version two of the switch. Um, and like the version one, you know, the the version one not in the red box. Uh, doesn't exist anymore as far as like a, a new retail item, right? Um, and I think that'll just be the case with this new thing. Um, and I, you know, I, I absolutely think they'll they'll go with I, either call it new Nintendo Switch or uh, I, I've seen a lot of Super Nintendo Switch. That doesn't feel totally right to me um, just because you had to put it the Super before the Nintendo to make it work. Um, right. I, I, I love a Switch Advance. Uh, that, that <laughs> But... Yeah, but like yeah. all of those, like Switch Advance or you know, like uh, Super Nintendo Switch, all of that feels to me like a new console, and I don't think this is going to be yeah. uh, positioned as a new console. I think it's going to be kind of like the PlayStation Four Pro, although it definitely yeah. will not be called that. Like I, I, I don't think they're going. I think well, it's I mean, a very that's, that's that's an interesting comparison because, like, you know, obviously the the Game Boy Advance is a different system, but like perfectly plays all your game boy games that's true that's true yeah but i feel like i guess yeah i mean that's totally fair i feel like at the time it was like this big break where it was like you know like we are putting away the game boy and we're moving on to the game boy advance where in my head this is going to be like more of a new uh nintendo 3ds or really like a playstation 4 pro where it's like yeah, yeah the inner like it's a little more powerful and it can play the games with like a better frame rate and a better resolution, but it's still playing the games that you can play yeah. anywhere else. It's like a Game Boy Color is really maybe the... <laughs> so that's, yes. that's speculation I've not seen. The Nintendo Switch Color. I would love to see that. I would love to see a uh, Nintendo Switch Micro at some point where we're like doing it, you know, it's like two inches. <laughs> yeah. And you're taking off the little Joy-Con, like the size of Pez, just like, you know, little Pez candy. Um, I love it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is one of those like where there's smoke, there's fire at this point, and there feels like there's been smoke for two and a half years. So yeah, yeah. I'm not setting my watch to it, but do I think it's going to happen at some point? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, and, and you know, once uh, I, I feel like we will find out more about it. Um, I mean, first of all, uh, we got to get out of this uh, uh, this fiscal year first, uh, but you know, that's only a couple weeks away. Um, but I think, uh, like, once we clear the, um, you know, PlayStation 5 uh, and Xbox Series, uh, like, launch windows, um, which I don't, I don't know, how, how long is a launch window for a system? Less than a year? Nine months? A year? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I would say less than a year, but, like, up to, you know, like, nine, ten months. I think that's fair. Yeah, I would say we find out about this august or september mm, and i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know when it actually comes out maybe maybe uh for like the the five-ish year anniversary of, of this the is Switch. how i mean i've talked in the past how i bought and i ended up buying like five or six nintendo ds systems during its right. life um like i don't have a 4k tv i don't have any plans to upgrade to a 4k tv you know so like that part of it is not exciting to me but like will i buy this yeah like i totally will even though i guess for the bigger screen i mean honestly just to have like the newest one i guess yeah Yeah, i mean if it is if it is processing uh like more snappily 
um, you know, you and I both have the original models of of the Switch. Right. So like, um, you know, that uh, improved battery performance will uh, be a, a plus for us at that point. Um, but also like, if they're just making like little changes to stuff, if like the wireless receiver in it is better, so yeah, that that is totally true. That's totally true for online play better. That would be huge. If there's uh, Bluetooth for headphones, um, like all of the normal I, stuff that we've complained about. I f- yeah, I feel like you're you are listing the stuff that we mentioned in the episode we did a million years ago when <laughs> yeah, Switch right. revision rumors <laughs> first started. Uh, I am. That's exactly what like, I'm doing. I, I think it was legitimately probably in 2019 that we recorded an episode that was like, what do we want in the Switch revision? And you're totally right. It is that stuff. It's better Wi-Fi. It is like Bluetooth for your headset, like all that kind of things. Totally. That would, those quality of life upgrades would totally be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, I, I think then they, they'll, they'll have no problem selling this no matter what. But if, if they can like actually tout it as like, this is a, uh, this is the Switch, but like the modern version of it with like the things that should have been in the box to begin yeah. with. But they'll never do that. And that's, that's the part no, where yeah, it's I know, like, I know. Um, again, I keep going back to like the new 3DS where like, yes, there was like the little like thumbstick thing. And yeah, it did. I guess what I should say is I think that is the one part that gives me pause when I say this won't have exclusive games, because if it doesn't have like have an exclusive game, like otherwise, like how do you market it? Because when they revised the switch previously, they didn't market it. It was just like if you bought a new one, then it just had like a better battery and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, they didn't say a word about it. But if you're introducing all new hardware. If you're not focusing on the tech specs, which doesn't seem very Nintendo to me, then what yeah. is the marketing hook? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that that that's a good point. Like, yeah, how how do you sell it? Uh, and I guess like, if you're just going to rely on the thing to sell itself, um, then why change it? Right. You know, like it, yeah. it's it's already selling itself. I was just uh, uh right right now trying to look to see if there were. Um, anywhere that has um, like sales numbers for Xenoblade Chronicles on the on the 3DS, um, and I don't see anything. I would be surprised if that game sold. I mean, like, how how well could it possibly sell? Oh no, right? I I think you're I think you're right. Like, I I don't think the exclusive I don't I don't think the exclusive game gambit is very good for them. Um, yeah, I almost wonder if like third parties would be the ones to take advantage of it most where it's like oh "Oh, like we we're it's easier for us to bring over like this game and so it's only like new nintendo switch uh, compatible because it's the only thing that can run it like but i don't know i really don't know yeah so i i I found uh a source that i don't know how well i can trust it's the um (laughs) What am I on? I'm on the uh, video game sales fandom wiki <laughs> um, that has the the sales numbers for all of the Xenoblade Chronicles games. Um, and, you know, like they all sell, uh, you know, prior to Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on Switch, all sell less than a million. Um, but like the original Xenoblade uh, sold um, 0.92 million. Uh, Xenoblade, Xenoblade uh, Chronicles X on the Wii U sold uh, 0.84 uh, million and Xenoblade Chronicles 3D which is the one that's exclusive to new 3DS sold 0.56 million so a little over half a million which is like 
it's a it's a lot of games, but it's less than the version that came out on the Wii U. So like as far as install bases are concerned, like that's not you know, that's not great. <laughs> also, do they have a source for their info cuz I'm I, I'm skeptical. Uh I mean, there are sources here. Hold on, yeah. Hold on. We can, we can do this. We can trace the sources all the way back, Mark. We have the technology. <laughs> Ugh, we have the technology, but it's slow. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, last Thursday's Super Smash Brothers Ultimate video hosted by Masahiro Sakurai went into detail about how the new character slash characters of Pyra and Mithra play. Uh, Sakurai hosted this video from his home again, and it is, of course, absolutely charming. Um, also, the new character was released later that day, and Patrick, you had said that you were playing a little bit of it. So do you want to talk about your experience with Pyra? slash mithra yeah i'm well and also just my experience of, of watching this video um masahiro sakurai is a treasure um and like I, it's just so nice to uh watch him do what he does at some point at the beginning of the video he's like i'm back in my home so there's no one here to laugh at my jokes um and you're just like oh man i love this guy i love him <laughs> so much uh and his like passion and enthusiasm for the game and like pointing out uh, you know, when she attacks this way, this happened, and, like, totally. when you switch between the characters, um, like, made me really want to, like, get into it and dig down into it. Um, so I've been playing a little bit this weekend and today, um, and, like, she's, uh, they're, they're, they're a fun set of characters to play. Um, like, the difference between the two uh, different characters is, there's like, so similar, but, um, like, different enough that, like, it is, like, totally evident which one you are controlling. Mm -hmm. You know, like, sometimes... Sometimes with stance characters, which is what uh, it's called in a, in a fighting game when you have, like, two different modes that you can switch between. Um, like, I don't... Uh, there's not, not always, like, a visual or, like, movement-based uh, difference that I can, like, easily detect between the two of them. Um, but it's, it's really obvious here. Um, and, like, I, I found myself, like, actually switching between the two characters uh, based on what was happening in the fight and, like... That's something that I've never been able to do with the stance character. I'm always like, no, I'm just going to stick it out with this one. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I think they did a really nice job with the character. And I was having a, a fun time playing Smash Brothers this weekend. You're so right about his, like, enthusiasm. And it's, it's, um, it's, it, it's obvious, I feel like, that he is so enthusiastic. And not just about these characters, but, but about video games. Because, uh, like, he does not... It, the more he talks about it and he's like mentioned it a little bit in like other on podcasts he's done in Japan and in his writing about it and stuff like he really has absolutely no control over who these DLC characters are. Like they are just dictated to him. And so I, uh, the love and like care that goes into the characters and his like knowledge of the characters, like that attention to yeah. detail feels very genuine. Um, and so even though like I usually start, I, stop watching the videos when he gets into like the minutia of the characters because it is uh like their moveset and stuff just because it's way over my head and not something that i watch these videos for but uh it is like when this pre when these characters were announced or when this character was announced i was like oh interesting and then like moved on um yeah. but what listening him to him talk about it the enthusiasm he has for it made me more enthusiastic for the choice yeah yeah, and I mean, it, it, it seems like a good, cool, you know, just like all of the characters that they've added, um, that, like, 
it is a when you are playing as this character it is like a new a different approach to the game you have to think about different things you have different resources that none of the other characters do um and yeah it's just a uh, it, it it's it's cool to see him like kind of break that down and be like here's how we broke the game this time uh, also, as part of the latest update to the game, there are some new Mii Fighter costumes, of course, uh, at the regular $0.75 cent each. All of these are for the Sword Fighter Mii type. Uh, it's uh, Capcom-related, mostly Monster Hunter. There's a Rathalos gear for Monster Rathalos. Hunter. Rathalos. Yeah. Rathalos. Uh, is this is this just feline? I didn't watch this part I think of the it, video. I, I think it's just feline. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I mean, he's they're, they're speaking Japanese, so you know. <laughs> uh, the feline hat from Monster Hunter. Uh, Arthur Hellman armor. So Arthur is the character from Ghosts and Goblins, and the hunter's costume from Monster Hunter. And then uh, Patrick, you note here that not in the video, but as part of the update, there are special spirits as part of the new update. If you have per- Persona Five Strikers, uh, there's a Sophia spirit, and if you purchased ghost and goblins resurrection there is uh arthur spirit from the save data on your switch yeah which is cool both of them will also just be available to all players later at at, at a later date so you're not actually getting locked out by not having those games but a, a neat little thing to have access to um early uh there was one point in this video where sakurai uh showed off he has like little uh figurine statues of uh pyra and mithra um and uh, you know he's like we have these uh because sometimes it's helpful for modeling and you can be like oh what's the bottom of their shoe supposed to look like um an actual example that he used um and then he said that he teased that he has figures for uh unannounced characters uh locked in a drawer in his desk in the office um <laughs> which is a very funny like he knows what he's doing right totally also teasing us with that information we want. Also, they didn't announce like um amiibo. I assume that they are coming at some point, yeah. but no amiibo, right? I mean Yeah, all, all all the other um DLC characters have had uh amiibo at least announced um uh but uh Pyra and Mithra. Although actually now that I'm thinking about it, um I don't know if the any of the characters from the new set, like the Minecraft Steve or Sephiroth, I don't know if we've seen those amiibo. Oh yet, yeah, either. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, or uh, Min Min. Although maybe we have seen Min Min. I I can't remember. I ca- I cannot remember. But <laughs> they I mean they uh, they've done every other character so far. So I, I I mean I think I think they have to. Did you uh were you paying attention to the bit where he uh was like uh you know we uh, at at one point thought about having Rex fighting alongside Rex is the protagonist of uh, Z- oh Z- yeah Z- uh-huh. uh huh fighting alongside uh Pyra or or Mithra. Uh, and they're like, because we do two characters with the with the ice climbers, and then he's like, but well, look at the difference in the level of detail between these characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like had them on screen at the same time, and it is really funny to see uh, Popo and Nana uh, next to uh, Mithra and Pyra. We're like, oh yeah, no, it's I get it. Uh, Capcom held a Monster Hunter event yesterday, Monday, March eighth revealing news and information about the upcoming Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, which we haven't heard anything about since the announcement. Yeah, and actually, that's something that I meant to look into. Did we know that its subtitle was Wings of Ruin? or is that No, also, I don't think so. News? I think that is brand new. So yeah, so Monster Hunter Stories 2 is called Wings of Ruin and is going to be released on July 9th. Uh, there was a story mm-hmm. trailer with like 
nice art, really pretty world. The apparently the protagonist from the previous game appears here in a supporting role. Uh, you have a pet Razewing Raytha. Um, it's some kind of harbinger of doom, as pets, of course, often are. Um, <laughs> I th- well, no, it's 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 cool. Like the the uh, story trailer here is sort of like hinting at the idea that you're uh, entrusted with like this egg, uh, yeah. and there's like a a terrifying dragon inside who is also your best friend. I'm not sure. Um, and that it, they're like, well, that thing's going to destroy the world. And you're like, okay, well, I love it. So <laughs> what do you want me to do? Yeah. So uh, my understanding, I didn't play the first Monster Hunter stories on 3DS, but my understanding is that it's more like a Pokemon-esque take. So instead of like, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to murder the monsters to like loot their flesh, you are um, just like gathering them and friends with them. And so right. I think this game looks super cute. I think it looks really fun. And here yes. they announced... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I uh, just the super appealing art style. Like I, I, I really like the um, cartoonier look that they have for this over uh, uh, other releases, and even compared to uh, to Rise. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for this, there were new mi- amiibo announced, which I was actually kind of surprised by. Uh, there's Ina, who's your father's friend. Uh, the Raisewing Raitha, uh, which is the partner Rathalos, and then Suniko, which is a Palico. And the Palico is that little, like, helper cat thing. And apparently if you have Monster Hunter Rise save data, you'll get some alternate costumes or armor sets uh, from that game that you'll be able to use in in stories. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the main, uh, or I guess not necessarily the main topic, but really we're less than 20 days away now from release. Monster Hunter Rise is coming out on March 26th. They showed a new trailer, which is way more focused on the monster fighting um and then also yeah, and, and mark i look i know we've talked before about how like i know monster hunter isn't like a series for me it's not that, like the characters move too slow god help me this trailer made the game look fun yeah oh totally oh completely like uh i i think monster hunter always looks amazing <laughs> <laughs> like that's yeah. never like that's not never the problem for me um but yeah it did look really fun they also showed off a new mode called the rampage where you set up turrets and other traps to stop the monsters from destroying the village um there's separate quest lines for single and multiplayer quests there is multiplayer in the game uh and they're releasing a second demo on march 11th with a new expert level mission and it resets your number of tries if you use them all up, which I, not, I'm not sure. What yeah, that means. so I, I, I can explain that. So the, the second demo, um, this is the second time that they're releasing the second demo. Oh, got it. Um, the first time they released the second demo, um, there, there was like a, a clock of how many times you could restart um, missions. And then when that was up, your, your time with it was over. So they are re releasing that um, on the 11th. Uh, and resetting the timer, so if you had already used up all of your uh, tries, um, you can try it again. And then there's a new, like, expert-level um, monster hunting mission in there, too, if uh, you really want to uh, get get into it before the game comes out. Yeah, and even before the game is released, they're already queuing up, like, this idea that, hey, we're going to be supporting it and with free updates over time. And so here's the first free updates. They announced that one is coming at the end of April. The first one will be at the end of April with uh, Camellios taking a shot yeah, there. I think and, you nailed it. And other new monsters. 
and uh, other updates at a later time. So really, like, letting you know that this is a game that's going to be supported for the long haul. Yeah, which is cool. Um, uh, it, it's a little strange to me that they are the game is coming out at the end of March, and they're like, yep, free updates at the end of April, where it's like, what? <laughs> that's so that's so soon. It's so close to the game actually being released. Um, I don't know. It 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 feels like a weird uh, uh update strategy where it's like, well, why isn't that just part of the? I guess it's free no matter what. So like, I don't know. It just makes me question like, why isn't that just part of the game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wonder if it's just like, I I wonder if the cadence for other updates will be quick as well. So you know, yeah. like it won't be one in April and then you wait a long time. It'll be like one in April and then one just like a few weeks later. So yeah, yeah. that'll be interesting yeah, to see. We'll see. The 35th anniversary of the release of the original Legend of Zelda on the Nintendo was Entertainment System. I should, as a kid, I was just called it the Nintendo, but it was, in fact, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Was at the end of February, but it passed without much mention from Nintendo. Um, Over Adventure Beat, Jeff Grubb wrote an article where he, he was saying that Nintendo is holding back its plans for Zelda's 35th anniversary until later in the year to give some room between it and Mario's 35th anniversary celebration. So kind of like focusing on Skyward Sword HD first and then reveal more like uh, Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD coming to Switch as well. In, in the article, he says, quote, the idea is to create key moments that Nintendo fans won't want to miss out on. And I speculated in a earlier episode when we were talking about Zelda's 35th anniversary that Nintendo wasn't going to do anything for it like it, it wasn't going to be like a marketing thing like yeah, Mario's 35th them, yeah. because they wouldn't w- want to be like repeating themselves and I still think that that's true I think it's going to look very different than Mario's 35th did yeah I I I think that too I don't it's uh, it, it was strange to me to see uh, uh, people upset about, like, Nintendo didn't even tweet anything on uh, Zelda. And it's like, who can't, what, what do you get out of them being, like, happy anniversary <laughs> to Zelda? Like, well, what, is, what does that give you? It's stupid. And you know, and then you know all that, the replies, the 30... all the, yeah, all the replies to the tweet yeah. would be so, like, angry and bitter. Like, just right. a tweet? Yeah, just a tweet or, like, Breath of the Wild 2 when, you know? Like, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, like, why, why even bother? And also, like, you know, I mentioned this in a previous episode, but like 35th anniversary, like what is that? That's not anything. <laughs> like we did it for Mario, so like I guess now we have to do it for everything. 30, yes. 40, yes. 25, sure. But like 35? No way. What what are we doing? Yeah. We can't 30. celebrate every anniversary. Um, let's see. 35th anniversary. I was trying to figure out what uh, the gift for 35 oh, what, what years the gift is, is yeah. uh coal. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Traditionally, it's coal. Um, right, if you want good. to opt for the modern gift, it's the gemstone jade. So uh, maybe there are clues to what Nintendo's going to do for Zelda's 35th. Ooh, the Hidden jade in coal or jade, yeah. Um, also, just the uh, with a, uh, the mention here from um, VentureBeat of uh, like re-releasing the Wind Waker HD or Twilight Princess HD, we there's no way we will hear about that until after... Um, Skyward Sword is released. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, I no totally way. think I, I totally think you're right. And, and that's what uh, Jeff Grubb says in the article is just like, for, for Zelda, all the focus is going to be on Skyward Sword, having people excited for Skyward Sword, and then yeah. after Skyward Sword is out, 
then like we'll hear some of the other stuff. I mean, like honestly, the Tuesday after it comes out, we'll, <laughs> we'll find out about a direct on Wednesday. Like yeah. you can take that to the bank. Nintendo of Japan has announced that they will no longer be offering repairs for three Nintendo 3DS or 3DS XL systems because they have run out of spare parts. No more parts. Originally, they had hoped to make it through the end of March, but they had to call it quits early. And this is the original model, right? Not the new 3DS and new 3DS XL. The, I believe so, but it may it may also extend to the to the new as mm, well. Okay, got it. Um, man, end of an era. Yeah, yeah, a sign of the times. Um, I was looking for, and maybe you have it, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I was looking for my um, extra new 3DS XL. Do you have that? I don't have that. I think I must have let someone borrow it. Now I don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah, the only 3DS that I have in my possession is my original 3DS XL from uh From the year Luigi. of Luigi. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know That's it right. well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and finally, uh, Universal Studio Japan's Super Nintendo World is going to open soon. Uh, the park, which was originally going to open earlier this year, and of course was originally originally going to open last year, will now right. open its doors on Thursday, March 18th. So not very long at all. Only three days after our contest for Fire Emblem, not Fire Emblem, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Sharp FE Encore ends. So really just around the corner. Yeah, and they're both, they are events of equal weight in the Nintendo <laughs> world, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, meanwhile, the Epic, the Universal Epic Universe theme park that is planned for Orlando, which is presumably the future home of Mario-themed attractions in Orlando, has been pushed to sometime after 2024 uh, the original projected date was 2023, and they were just ready to start full steam ahead on construction last year. But of course, the pandemic halted that. And so now that's been delayed a little bit. But don't forget that Super Nintendo World is currently under construction at Universal Studios Hollywood right now. No opening date has been announced, but I might presumably, I would guess next year. So Patrick, our wait may not be that long. Right, because, I mean, if we're going to one of these things, we're going to the one in Hollywood, right? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I still think uh, a good goal for us um, as friends would be to go to Japan. But I do think that Universal yes. Studios Hollywood is definitely attainable. Yeah, I mean, Universal Studios Hollywood is like a day trip for us. <laughs> like, you know, that's although going to any amusement park at this point feels like a uh, bizarre fantasy. Um, but yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll get there. Um, yeah, no, it's it, it, that's very exciting that uh, the the park it still may not be a totally responsible uh, time to go or a thing to do, um, but it, it it is cool that that it's opening up. Well, and I I think the situation is different in Japan than it is yeah um here, but I also think Masahiro it's... Sakurai is still recording Smash videos yeah, from home, true. Mark. That's true. Although but... he records those way in advance. Yeah. So. Also, yeah. I think it's funny that, you know, like previously when they announced opening dates for Super Nintendo World, because Super Nintendo World has been operating essentially since like it soft yeah. opened a few months ago. Um, but I think it's funny that previously they were like announcing dates that were like eight weeks in advance. They, you know, it was like this big like thing where it's coming. And now it's like, do you know what? Just like 10 days from now, like we're just going to do just it. Like, let's do like, it. Let's just do it. <laughs> like we got, if we, if we don't do it now, we will never be able to do it. So let's just cut the ribbon on this baby. 
I mean, it's tough because uh, whether it's open to the public or not, they have to keep the fences on. Otherwise, the Yoshis get out. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> spending a lot of money on that as it is. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter or however you share stuff with people you trust and who trust you. Um, we appreciate it when you do that. It helps the show get into other ears. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. You can also check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying that dog strapped to your chest on the zip line, he's the harbinger of doom. And thank you for listening. Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at 9 Cloverfield Lane? Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser-known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Campfire.